the old school, Jane Huger, Ben Mankiewicz. Um, I am uncharacteristically uh, wearing my the same outfit as I do on Young Turks, but this because I have a been a dinner to go to. Uh, but uh, we our sponsor is still shoptyt.com, uh, wow. where you'll find some excellent TYT apparel. So let's start with this. So this is my uh, my iPhone, right? Mm-hmm. Be careful with that. Remember what happened with Alex Jones. Oh right. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to show you anything on the iPhone. In fact, here I'll turn it off. So I went to the uh, went to an awards program, went mm-hmm. to the SAG Awards show. Yes, and I'm they give you, with you know they give you these uh, gift bags. Yeah, I got a great gift bag yesterday. There's no such thing as a great gift bag. The bag is sometimes nice. I got the I got a backpack. It's nice. I don't need it, but it's nice. It's got like a lot of compartments. I might prove you wrong right out of the gate. I got Dom Perignon. Who gives a shit? You don't like champagne, neither do I. <laughs> okay, that happens to be true. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> but I have nothing further, Your Honor. <laughs> but I hear yeah. that it's very impressive. Yeah, I got it. Whatever. <laughs> when I drink it, it will probably taste like yeah. alcohol. It tastes like every other glass of champagne you've ever had. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. But nonetheless, it was very nice of them. Yeah, Super yeah, nice. Yeah. Of them. No, the bag was nice, and one of the things I got was this. Uh, this it's called a kickstand for your phone. No, right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like you. I put a case on my phone because I drop it so much. But I, I like a, I, I like I found the slimmest case that exists yeah. and probably barely protects it. But this phone has hung in for a while, so mm-hmm. God bless. And I put the the no breaking cover on, but that doesn't add anything. That's no problem. Yeah, I'm actually gonna. Uh, I'm actually kind of proud of my phone. Uh, it's uh, I've dropped it a lot and it's chipped a, a mm-hmm. lot around the edges, but it's Here. hanging. Yeah, I feel like it's like an old warrior. It's yeah, like, no, I like it too. I mean, my, I, I, mine is, you know, I, this glass needs to be replaced, but I don't care. I got no yeah. problem. So, but I have this case. But as you can see, my case is, uh, my case is thin. You know, there's, I mean, as cases go, I know, right. I know. So, um, but, but still, it makes no, no. Sick. It's better when there's no case. It's in your pocket. You're like, what's happening here? It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's so thin. So I can barely feel it. So they gave me this uh, kickstand, and I put it on just because I didn't want to work. I was at my desk. I was betting on, you know. Tennessee Tech and University of Tennessee Martin, you know, Obviously. doing anything to not. Oh, you had Martin too? Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> okay. can't believe they didn't cover. Um, uh, and so I put this on. And By it's, the way, is that a real school? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh wow. Both of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it'll do this. So now you can sort of, you know, can we take the wide shot there? Yeah. So see the, uh, you know, it'll prop up and you can watch stuff on it, and that's actually handy at the desk. And then, and this is handy for uh, phone calls. I talk mostly on speakerphone, like my dad used to do, because I, yeah. I, I get. I no, get, no, you, you know what you do? You should do infomercials, because right. you immediately sold me on this product. Right. Your two demonstrations were wonderful. No, and I'm like, just, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, great, we're talking. We're talking, we're taking that's, notes. But right. that's how you're supposed to. Right, like, that's right. if you're going to be use speakerphone, yeah. it should be exactly like that's that. That's right, it should be exactly like that. Now, <laughs> but my wife saw it. And and I'm not trying to be, I don't want to be sexist, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a. Ah, go for it, just be sexist. No, no, uh, just kidding. Um, she was like, uh, uh, "You got to take that off. It's for girls." Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's I, not true. Jr. is one, and Jr. is cool. Yeah, but he's beyond. He's he's in a different realm of cool. If if Jr. does something that isn't cool, it becomes cool because uh, Jr. is doing it. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, um, I think she's right. I think there's no way to be like, "Hey, how you doing? It's my phone." 
I just, no, uh, I disagree. Uh, no, I'm not buying what she's selling, okay? Uh, ironically, I'm going to be- uh, Look at this, man, it's a, you can turn it any, it's a 360 degree rotation. No, nah, no, the way that you did the two different ways <laughs> was- We'll just leave it out there. Do, do, do we? <laughs> Do we think I can get that on QVC? I think we can get. I probably yeah. yeah. We should we should start selling those on shoptyt.com. Uh, no, um, ironically, I will mansplain to her her sexism. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think and it's like silver. It's like it looks yeah. manly in that sense. It's cool. Uh, the propping up the phone is very business like. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when you're doing the speakerphone thing, no. Yeah, let's leave it that way. Let's leave it in the speakerphone way. Yeah, speakerphone way. That's no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, look, uh, lovely. Uh, she lost me on this one. No. Uh, that's okay. She's won many battles. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and no, I've seen a ton of dudes uh, with that. And besides which, terribly sexist to even have this conversation. Have <laughs> yeah, the conversation yeah, is wrong. I denounce and reject everyone involved. So. Um, Oh, in addition to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about Venezuela. I, I heard a lot about Venezuela today. I spent a lot of time in the car listening to the national public radio. Well, I got good news for you, Ben. Mm. Uh, I, as it turns out, I'm a Venezuela expert. Oh, are you? Yes, I've, I've now read enough articles that I've certified myself an expert. Okay, um, that is, of course, reading. Other people's work, right? Of course. Okay. I was listening to other people. No, I was going to go to Caracas myself yeah. and figure it out, but I decided. You know why you can't go to Caracas? Why it's a bad idea to go to Caracas? Can't get anything to eat. Can't get what? Anything to eat. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so you're going to have to bring a lot of what's their uh, currency? Uh, dineros, uh, I think. Yeah, and remember, <laughs> I am the expert on Venezuela. <laughs> okay, but whatever their currency is, you're going to have to bring a lot of it. Um, so, uh, first of all, I love the term petro state. That everybody uses as if people have been using it forever. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love when that, so you're so yeah. right. That's the best point that's going to be made on today's show. <laughs> when people like all of a sudden all start using the same word, but like pretend that it's right. been around forever. Right. Yeah. But and like pretend that they don't feel cool for using that word that they learned like three months ago. But like, oh yeah, three, like oh, well, I've three been months ago State. for me. I mean, when did this thing happen? Four days ago. Uh huh. That's when I heard it. I think I've heard <laughs> Petro State before, but I don't think I've ever said Petro State. And now you can't. It's in every. It's not. It's in every question, and it's in every answer. And by the way, well, as Jake said, it's correct. It's a Petro State, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now let's call bullshit on that, okay? Because it's funny how certain things are described in certain ways, and everybody makes a decision to call that thing that. So uh, there are no warlords in Venezuela. But there are warlords in Afghanistan. Like, you know, people go to war and or I shouldn't Venezuela is too specific. Let's say Latin America, right? People go to war in Latin America. Why aren't they warlords? Right, why why can't right. we why can't we have a warlord there? <laughs> That's right. And then there are certain countries that have strong men, and for whatever other reason, the other countries are their guys are not called strong men. They're just right. they're just dictators. Yeah. Yeah, or something. Right. right. And Venezuela is a petro state. You want to know one of the top oil producers in the world? I believe it's number one. That's the United States of America. And so, why are we not a petro state? Well, because I've listened to the NPR forever today. I can answer that. They make all their money from petro. Yeah, I, I hear you, and that's a fair distinction, and probably in some dictionary somewhere. Right. But, but it's it's also in a sense. I don't know, I feel, and this is gonna sound super lib, like almost new school lib. 
Like there's like a tinge of racism in these descriptions. Sure, of course, yeah, and, and it may not be in the people who use them now, but their origins are. We, the people who use it now might most most don't even know that it came from that. Yeah, because it's almost like a way of diminishing Venezuela. Right. Like they're petrostate. If they didn't have gas, they'd be nothing. Right. Right. That's right. And in Afghanistan. They're not commanders, mm -hmm. they're not generals. Right, they're, they're, not, even they're not officers. They're, I was just say, they're not even officers. They're warlords. Warlords, yeah. Right, because that's how they are. Right, right? They're, just, they're warlike, they're lords of yeah. war. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, warlord is a super badass it is cool. moniker, right? right? Right, warlord will get you laid quicker than officer. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, apparently, ironically, you did not see gentlemen and an officer. Or, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> there I was trying to I didn't talk even, I old did, movies with Ben Mankiewicz. I did not even know what you meant. Like, uh, I was like, oh, that's something I oh, no, I know what's happening. <laughs> I think we all see what happened here. Okay. Anyways. Um, uh, but an officer and a warlord wouldn't it would have would have taken a lot shorter time before Deborah Winger got in bed with Richard Gere? Right. No, no, if it was no, if it was a warlord and a gentleman. Right, a warlord and a gentleman. That's but right. But that does seem a little contradictory. It does. Yeah. Well, why? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. Right. 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 Oh, hey, everybody, watch out! It's warlord. Uh, well, it's warlord see. is holding the door for the lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Warlord Gubin and Hekmatyar. <laughs> Ooh, that guy's charming. Yeah. <laughs> but he is quite the gentleman. He is a gentleman, that's right. Yeah, totally, that's right. Uh, so um, so uh, listening to all this, and it's, you know, it's a petrostate tank. And, uh, um, and, uh, but so there are a number of things that amuse me about this. One, uh, like uh, people, like all the reporters there, people are starving and they're crazy and people are trying to feed their kids. They get a chicken. For a month, right? Mm -hmm. A woman trying to feed her four kids. She has one egg today for the whole day to feed four kids, right? Mm -hmm. It makes people crazy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and his support is like at fifteen or twenty percent, and uh, and he has bought off the military. Like they get paid. That's yep. why they're with him. So obviously, this is not the kind of person who we, in general, free good thinkers support. On the other hand, the uh, opponent is supported by uh, John Bolton and Elliot Abrams. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there's no there's no good uh, there's no good choice. Um, so I kept being struck by that, but they kept talking about hunger. All these reporters kept talking about hunger. You're like, God, hunger, right? Um, and then uh, and then and John Bolton. John Bolton's insane. Like it's insane that John Bolton is making any decision. And because it's the United States, other countries follow, even though it's Trump and John Bolton and Elliot Abrams. Even though it's you know I mean a criminal, th two criminals and a lunatic. And and Bolton's the lunatic, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I just, to be fair, Bolton's. Wait, we, not there's a no criminal as far as we as far, know. No evidence of John Bolton. Just a lunatic. Just a lunatic. Elliot Abrams, criminal. Donald Trump, criminal. Right. 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 Um, so, so the Europe demanded elections, and every country in the in the in the region has called for Maduro to go or has supported the other guy. Almost. Every Almost. Day. Mexico has it. And Uruguay and Bolivia haven't. Oh, they sold me everyone but Mexico today. Maybe that changed. Today. Uh, I don't know if it changed, but Uruguay and Bolivia are v very left wing yeah. uh, normally, and so and they were on the list of supporting Maduro. Yeah, no, I was surprised to hear. I just heard it an hour ago that only Mexico was a notable holdout. But Maybe they that's they think that Uruguay and Bolivia are not notable. I would think Bolivia. Uh, it's very big. Is uh -huh. it a petrostate? <laughs> no, uh, but uh, Dave would know. Dave, uh, of Dave course, spent, spent a lot, a lot of time, time in Bolivia. I think it's a Kohler state. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, 
Anyway, so they called for new elections within free and fair elections in Venezuela within eight days. And he said no, but there will be new presidential elections. Oh, that happened today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so-called expert on Venezuela missed that story. <laughs> this is why, this is funny. He said, no, we'll have elections. They're coming in 2025. <laughs> okay, then I did not miss that yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, He's yeah. like, I, I, I call for new elections. What's the problem? Yeah, <laughs> by the way, that is when the elections are supposed to happen. They happen every six years in Venezuela. Yeah, 2025. Yeah, that's not that's not a new election. Yeah, that's the previously scheduled election that uh, which you likely will steal again. So, mm -hmm. so look, that's actually I'm glad you brought up Venezuela because I was got uh, the folks who believe there is no connection of Trump and Russia. That's a slight overstatement. I'll get into the annoying nuances in a second later in the program. Annoying nuances. Um, so, uh, but it's it's. That same lack of nuance is on display in Venezuela, in the story in Venezuela. So to your point, so Maduro did not have real elections. He imprisoned most of his political opponents. Mm -hmm. But some on the left say, no, you don't know that, you don't know that. Well, that's the whole point of a rigged election. Like, So in Turkey, once they claimed that there was a power outage, and then afterwards, Erdogan won some very tight races, this is a while back. And when asked why was there a mysterious power outage in the middle of the election, so the vote counting, they said a cat had walked into a power plant and electrocuted itself, and the electricity went out. Terrible luck. Happened in nine different cities at once. Oh my God! It's like a, I mean, yeah. what were the chances? Well, the cats do have nine lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> to be fair, so the chances of nine cats walking to nine different power stations. I mean, look, it's absurd. Do I so? Do I know for a fact that the cats did not actually walk into the power stations? No, you got me. I don't know. Okay. Cat, well, in this case, the cats in the bag and the bags in the river. That's a classic movie reference. But, um, <laughs> okay. The, so so. Maduro, yeah, and then by the way, now like Uber left apologists in that case say, no, Jay, you don't understand. Those guys were dangerous, and they were planning against plotting against the government. Yeah, they were planning to run in an election against the government, right? And I'm not saying all of them were angels, and you could, I'm sure that there are a couple of cases where you'll say, hey, no, they actually were part of some sort of planned military coup, etc. But you can't imprison all of your political opponents and tell me, oh, trust me. They were all really bad guys. Oh, look, he's walking around with the military every day. He has a video of him with the military. Like, I mean, he's just yeah. like that's that's who he's and and they're paid and they're paid. That's why there haven't been uh, and 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 the military is by the way wildly involved. Like, if you're a general, you're also the minister of agriculture. Like, Please, Ben, not general, warlord, warlord. So if you're a warlord, <laughs> yeah. so I, I'm not. It's crazy to defend him. The country has failed, but we can't. Uh, but it, we have to let it run right. its course, right? So, and right. on the other hand, right. okay, uh, Guaido is not elected president. <laughs> he just wasn't. And so they say, well, technically, in the Constitution of Venezuela, if there is uh, the presidency is empty, it could it goes to the head of the National Assembly. Except the seat is not empty. Now you could say, hey, it wasn't a real election, it wasn't a fair election, which I would argue you could say in Russia, Turkey, and many other places. But that doesn't mean the seat is empty. No, nobody wins if they had a 17% popularity <laughs> two weeks after the election. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, and and are is Guaido coordinating with the U.S.? 
Obviously, Trump sent out a tweet minutes after he gave the speech declaring himself the new leader of Venezuela. No, you think he, that Trump was like, hey, I'm looking through the internet. Hey, please turn down Fox and Friends, okay? <laughs> I'm looking up news about Venezuela. Oh my God, he just declared himself head of state. I actually totally agree with that. I'm gonna tweet that out. No, no, so, no of course it was coordinated. So people in the State Department, I don't know if it's people in the State Department, but but. The Bolton Abrams, they, they didn't, uh, four weeks ago, didn't know who, I literally heard his name a hundred times today and I already- Guido. Guido, right. They already, they didn't know who he was. Like he's came out of nowhere, no one, he's not- He's a, 35. Yeah, so it's understandable, he was just a guy in the National Assembly and then all of a sudden now he's the president. So I got kids above the age of 30. But it's like, so I'm not- I don't, but still. And I got, and I, I'm not- uh, I, But I, do you know I don't have kids above the age of 35? Why do you make that assumption? You don't have evidence of that. Did you read uh, Ro Khanna's piece in the Washington Post today? I wish I had, I, I, I was trying to get to it. it uh, well, of course, it's excellent, yeah. it's filled with reason. Of course it is. Uh, all about, and, and Maduro is corrupt and he's led a corrupt system, but obviously we can't send troops in and that would be yeah, insane. And it's a coup, it's a coup, right? And so it's a coup against an illegitimate government. So that's why it's a conundrum and thoughtful people uh, look at it and go, huh, that's a hard riddle to solve. People that are not quite as thoughtful go, Said, no way, US is totally wrong, Maduro's a saint, and this, of course the elections are really, you don't have any proof of that, and everybody in prison was a terrible guy, and the inflation's all because the US's fault. Now, by the way, the sanctions that US already did, let alone the ones that the new ones they're planning, they did affect Venezuela. Just bring it down for a second and realize that, that, it, that we don't live in a black and white world. And then on the other hand, the right wingers are arguably even crazier. Like, Oh, of course the president doesn't exist, he's invisible. And that's why Guaido, who was not elected to anything, should immediately become the president. And and of course, turn over all of the oil of Venezuela to Exxon Mobil, because obviously that's what the people of Venezuela want. <laughs> no, get the out of here, right? Yeah, so like, that's right. And so there was some interesting, like I loved some, like so when Guaido says that there'll be um, amnesty offered to any officer who, Supports him and helps, you know, which is the right thing to say, right? But these guys have committed such awful crimes in in the drug trade, uh, and and they've been some of them are involved in torture and extrajudicial killings. That uh, that they're like, that's great that you're doing it, but the international courts won't. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so you can't. So they're not. That's why some of them may not have swung over to him yet. Uh-huh, and, they, yeah. and they're waiting and waiting and waiting to see how long That's they can hang. Right. That's right, so it's incredibly complicated, as evidenced by Europe's eight-day ultimatum. Like we're gonna have elections. Today is Wednesday, Thursday, next Thursday. We're yeah. gonna have a presidential election that we didn't expect. And we're gonna have it in eight days, and he's like, "No, I'll have one in 2025." Yeah. <laughs> like, I, so, I would just say there's this time in between there that maybe some people would find reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know, mean, six look, months. You know, I'm right? curious whether like the and by the way, this is such a tiny crowd. The right wing crowd is significant. There is a big neocon contingent in Washington, and there is a huge corporate interest One in Venezuela. One of whom is the national security advisor of the president of the United States. That's right. So when I talk about the uber left that's pro Maduro, understand it is a minuscule crowd. It really is. But they do get under my skin, right? Because of their unreasonableness in willing to see that the world is gray rather than black and white. And that just because some neocon is against them doesn't mean he's an angel. I didn't say he was an angel, but it's all rigged. Come on, dude, come on, right? So um, 
But again, I guess, and we just suggest that all these reporters are part of the neocon conspiracy. They just, they didn't sound like it. Uh huh. The reporters. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. So that's that also is nuanced. So Chomsky's propaganda model is correct. It does often is uh, greatly uh, uh, influence the establishment media. On the other hand, there's wonderful reporters, Guardian, Intercept. You could go read mm. uh, great independent stories that give you. Thoughtful pieces about what's actually happening on the ground. And, and the most importantly, Shrug, is that if his support is really eradicated to this much, then ultimately he can't hang on. Like, yeah, yeah and it, look, it, guys. So we did, have to figure out what, what, what you do given those set of circumstances. And so I actually think this is one of the most intractable problems. Uh, I'm gonna say something a little absurd ever, it's, but I'll tell you why. Because uh, <laughs> 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 I know you were afraid I wasn't going to tell <laughs> yeah, you why. Uh, Ben's noticed that I have that tick or whatever that it's I said. But uh, uh, many people have it. Many, uh, it's a thing. People like to say. They say well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, uh, so, because sometimes sanctions work. South Africa, I talked about on the show today. You have to have a little bit more dispersed power for sanctions to work. Uh, so, in this case, the, the dispersed power is the military, and that's why our threatening of sanctions is beginning to soften Maduro's stance a little bit. Uh, but if you're a pure dictator, it won't ever work, Saddam Hussein. Now, Iran has a very similar model to Venezuela. Uh, because are they a petro state? Uh, they are, in fact, uh, I don't know if they're a full petro state, but borderline petro state. Iran's a little bit more diversified, obviously, than Venezuela, but uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the mullahs um, gave all the businesses, or a lot of the businesses, to uh, the Republican Guard. Uh, which is made up of Trent Lott, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> no, the Republican Guard is their uh, military, elite military force. So the equivalent of the generals in, in Venezuela. And that's an old trick, it's a very logical trick, uh, which is, you hey, when I have seized power, and that power will at some point be threatened because one, I do not intend to give it up. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have actual elections. In some cases, two, I'm, and I'm not suggesting this about Maduro, I am suggesting it about some mullahs. I have no idea what I'm doing, right? Yeah, yeah. but with a caveat, and and two, at some point the Americans might come to get me, or maybe the Russians or whoever else, right. Mm -hmm. right? So and and I and when they do, and they do propaganda in the streets, I'm going to need the military on my side. It's and look, Erdogan, it's dictator 101. Yeah, right. And uh, it's a warlord 101. Yeah, and the nuances are at least the mullahs and Maduro are smart enough to know go pay off the guys with the guns. Yeah, right, right, right. 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 And so uh, I'll get to the cliched story about the Mumluk Turks a little later in that regard. Okay. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so, um, but if you do the sanctions, the people of Venezuela suffer more. And, but it has already affected Maduro a little bit. He's not legitimately elected, but neither is Guaido, and it's an obvious coup. So you were against coups if you're a decent person. But we're also against rigged elections, so I love. I don't. I don't. And I think if if you watch the show only a little bit, or you've heard about us, and you know I'm loud. Okay, I get it. And some people might think, oh, he's just full of bluster. But I do actually try super hard in every instance to have constructive critique. So okay, I don't think that's true. So I think we should do this instead. And in the case of Venezuela, I'd have to pull in people way smarter than me to go. What the hell do we do here? This is really hard. 
Yeah, and it clear, and the, it's clearly you're right. It's it's it feels intractable as a as a problem. Ro Khanna's piece in the Wednesday edition of the Washington Post is very good. Um, and he would be among the smarter people that I would pull in, <laughs> right? right. Uh, but it is. Uh, but when you're paying off, look, man, people aren't eating. Like the hunger is real, you know. And that's uh, so you can't. And, and in a country in a petro state like Venezuela, you can't. But I mean, it's it's crazy with that many natural natural resources that you were unable to feed your people. And I got it, it's complicated, and then the economy's complicated, and I'm not an economist, and I'm not an expert in Latin America, and I'm not an expert in socialism, and I'm not an expert in petro states, and I know they have to sell their oil to us, and we pay a premium for it, because their, their oil is, uh, it's like uh, lousy. That wasn't the word they used. Crude. No, but it's, there was a word in front of crude. It's like it was, uh, uh, it's like a sticky dick. crude. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it's and 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 are the refineries that can process it? Oh, what do you know? They're in the Gulf Coast. They're, that we're we're yeah. by the oil, and and they and so he's now when we so these sanctions are designed to dry up his way to pay off the military. Mm-hmm. You know, just, that's right. By the way, and government employees they just get a food box. If you work for the government, you get a big box of food. Hmm. That yeah. doesn't seem like the right way to do it. It does not seem like the right way to do it. Yeah, that's right. So. So, I mean, on the other hand, we now have people like Howard Schultz in this country saying like, oh, if you, you know, make health insurance public, what are you gonna do, nationalize the coffee industry next? No, or we could have a rational balance and figure out what should be public and what should be private. Yeah, here's what will be mostly private. That's right. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right. It'll be mostly private, Howie. The, um, that guy, first of all, he's very dynamic. Right, so, <laughs> and presidential candidates need to be that. You listen to him speak, and you're just like, okay, tell me where we're going next. Oh, let's have fun. Before I know, everybody's on this edge of their seat about the Mamluk Turks. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but let's have fun first. And uh, uh, over under on when he leaves the race. Oh, I don't think he'll ever enter it. So when, when he yeah, yeah, when, like, when he says, I'm I've done. given it some thought, and I'm I believe that while there's some radical ideas in the Democratic Party. I, I think that uh, there's a bunch of reasonable people there, and I think that's a good chance of defeating Trump. And I'll, I'll I'm gonna. Yeah, that's right. right. So w- when does that happen? Uh, what is it today? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, before the Oscars. When's the Oscars? I don't know. Later. <laughs> uh, I think February 24th, something like no, that. No, no, we got we got to do. No, it's something like that. Yeah. Okay, no, I got you. We got to put a date on it. So uh, um, let's see. I'm gonna pick. I'll know it from seeing it that. Okay, whatever. I'm gonna. Given that you said the Oscars, the 24th, etc. I'll be generous and say March first. No, no, no. It's okay. No, no, no. I, I, I'm going to give put the over under at 21 days from now. How's that generous? I said the 24th, and that's more days from now. That's right, because that allows you to easily oh, pick the over. I see. I see. I see. All right. No, but I would always. I'm. A, I'm going to take the under. <laughs> but just make. God it, damn it! I wanted the under. Yeah. That's why I was being generous. <laughs> 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 no, not falling for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I, I actually think he's gone in less than fourteen days. Yeah, it could it could be. He's got to save some face. He can't do it like in the next few days. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably. He's got to seriously study it, and he's got to pay those consultants a little bit. Those guys he's hired. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I mean, it's just who who sees you know there are four hundred thirty five people in Congress. I don't know whether or five hundred thirty five people, four hundred thirty five people in the House, and and. Uh, and one of them has proposed a 70% tax bracket. Again, always left out over $10 million, right? Right. 
right? They'd be taxed at the same rate they are now for the first 10 million. Who knows? Maybe even less, depending if this thing went right. Maybe, yeah, probably not, but still. No, but I mean, if you're gonna negotiate it, you're mm -hmm. gonna there's gonna be negotiations. So you might be like, well, not instead of 37 percent, you pay 34 percent in the first 10 million, and then you pay 68. And who knows? Right? Yeah. Right. So, um, but probably not. Right. Okay. <laughs> but it depends on who's in the room, who's That's, making the it deal. It depends on who's president. It depends who's, on a lot of things. Who's president? Who's making the deal? And you, right. know, you gotta get, we're, we're so far away from uh, Congress approving 70% tax bracket on dollar earned over 10 million that I, I can't really put into words that he's, and his little petulant thing is that, like he doesn't think, he doesn't wanna criticize her by saying, I had this argument with a couple of, of, of my Republican friends recently, rather mm -hmm. heated. Um, and I'm like, hey, man, she's not going to get 70%. She wouldn't get 70% if she were president, right? Mm -hmm. So how about 54% after 12 million? Like, By the way, she said 60 to 70%. Everybody forgets that. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so what, so even more so, what about 52% over 14 million? Mm -hmm. And 61% over 25 million? I don't know. Just start talking, right? right. right just have a different conversation that, that if you make a, that much money, that, we're, that you should tax more and that we should figure out. Because they'll all say, hey, is, redistribution, is wealth inequality a problem? They'll go, yeah, definitely, big one, big one, right? And I'm like, mm -hmm. Okay, well, how, how are we gonna, yeah, then how, 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 we gonna, how are we gonna get there? Yeah, yeah I, I guarantee you every proposal that I would have or any progressive would have uh, to address wealth inequality, they go, whoa, whoa, hey, 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 what are you, hey, come on now, bring it down. Right. That's crazy talk. We can't, we can't pay more taxes. So like, what, what do you want us to like have a tiny bit less money so that other people have opportunity. Well, no, of course, that's outrageous, that's communism. And of course, we're not, it's not American, right? They, I tell you what, what, what they don't like. They don't like being demonized. Yeah, but so a uh, couple of notes on that. One, then don't donate to politicians and tell them to keep cutting your taxes because you are rigging the system. Okay. Uh, and second of all, you're largely not demonized. So, if, I mean, I go to great lengths every time to say, look, the problem isn't being rich. The problem is if you then donate to politicians and give them orders and directives to fix the system to your benefit. So, a great example of it is Sheldon Adelson, but you could also say the Mercers, the Cokes, whatever, right? And so, um, those, so if you're a random rich dude and you never gave anything to politics and it, look, Nick Hanauer, uh, very wealthy, uh, has a podcast on the Young Turks Network, says, well, God damn it, you gotta raise taxes, right? And and we this is this doesn't help not only the poor, the middle class, but it doesn't help the rich. We can't build moats large enough. It's stupid. And it doesn't help the economy. You gotta get a good circulation of money and if, et cetera, et cetera. So Joe Sandberg, wealthy, on the show all the time, fights for the earned income tax credit for being Tom, 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 Roosevelt was incredibly wealthy, right? Al Gore is wealthy. That's not the point, guys. The point is, what are you doing? Which side are you on? And if you say no, taxes must always be cut for the wealthy, and to ever suggest that there would be a different balance of taxes in the country is to demonize you? No, then you're doing the demagoguery. No, they thought the demonizing came from the, the guy. The person kept coming up in my was Elizabeth Warren. Uh -huh. Like, like you know, because the guy was a money manager. You yeah, know? and he's like, I, I work hard, and I, I love America, and I, I want people to succeed. Like, why are you making me out of? Why am I a bad guy? Well, because of the abuse of the industry, and even on that, look, I've, as you know, I've got really great friends who work in finance, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and 
because it's logical, because it's the right thing to do, and because I know folks in that industry, etc. I always say you need finance, you need banks. Being in finance doesn't mean by definition you're a bad guy. Most of the people that work in finance are not high level executives, they're normal people, etc., etc. All those caveats, and we give them almost every time. But that doesn't mean that certain executives on Wall Street don't push for regulations or lack of regulations that allows them to gamble and take too much risk with depositors money and then use taxpayer bailouts. And knowing that that's in your industry, you can't then feign outrage that your industry is singled out as having particular problems. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it's like working in the oil industry and going, "Why are you guys blaming us for climate change?" Right. Working in tobacco and going, "Now all of a sudden we're the bad guys like cuz we're we're causing cancer." <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? It doesn't mean you're a bad guy, but it does mean that there is a problem with that industry. Yeah, and their they they you know, their reaction to Dodd-Frank was that it was onerous. Oh. Um so uh but they really definitely felt uh the demonized and mostly by Elizabeth Warren. Like it was yeah. Ocasio Cortez, who they there was an unquestioned admiration for her. Like, don't agree with her, think it's dangerous, but very savvy, very you know. <laughs> well, look, it bless their hearts on that, but it makes me like Elizabeth Warren more that they are. Oh my God, Vis- yeah. uh, uh, vitriolic and visceral uh, their yeah. reaction to her. Yeah, and 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 a lot of quotes. The and so then I'd say, you know, uh, you know, with the obvious thing, I'm I'm out of my depth, right? I mean, I don't know how it's actually going to work. I, obviously, I think I think that we run a risk of of low-level revolution and mayhem if we continue at the current. Yeah, that's why Nick's podcast is called Pitchfork Economics. Right. I just it makes me think like just don't like if I don't want I, wor- I literally I worry about my daughter in a world where I'm going to be like I hope you buy your home in a gated community. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's I don't a, want that. Right. That's of course, a terrible world. Right. It's a terrible world, and so we have to rectify that world. First, it's decent. And then, secondly, it's good for everybody, right? That's, right. Yep. Um, but uh, they'd say, you know, when does seventy percent tax rate ever work? And I go the fifties, and then instantly, I know it's one of the few arguments that I know is effective, right? Yeah. And they go, "There's nothing about now that is even remotely relatable to the 1950s. You cannot use that argument." And by the second time they said it, I said, "I think you don't want me to use that argument because it's good." Yeah. Right. It undercuts your point. Besides which, it. Gave a literal answer to the question you asked, when has it ever worked? When has it ever worked? It worked here (laughs) in the 1950s, right? It was okay. And 60s and 70s. And I got it, and you guys didn't, nobody paid 90%, I don't think, right? Uh We we looked into that, right? So back when it was 91%, which was a little earlier, it was in the 50s and Eisenhower, et cetera. so it was at a very high number. So it applied to very few people in the country because it was very graduated. So you had to be super rich to get to the 91% marginal tax rate. There was a lot more brackets back in the day. And and then secondly, yeah, I mean, loopholes, et cetera, always. And there was ways around it and stuff. But but yeah, some people paid 91%. And, and you know what they did? A lot of times they didn't pay it because they reinvested it into their businesses because they didn't want to pay 91%. Right. And that grew the economy. Right. Okay, so that's kind of how that works. Did the economy grow in the 1950s? I'm uh, pretty recall. sure it did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Ben. It grew better than any other time mm-hmm. in the history of the world mm-hmm. in any country. Mm. So you say. Okay. So you say. Interesting. <laughs> but did it ever work? But I don't think these guys were super smart. I don't think they get like that wonderful explanation that went on after Ocasio Cortez said the 60 to 70 and got quoted as 70. After that, uh, you know, when all these people on Twitter were like, just so we're clear, 
if you make 25 million, your first 10 million, you're gonna be taxed as you are now, right? Yeah. And somebody even said, or, or maybe lower, slightly lower. Like, yeah. again, it's gonna, this wouldn't just be a, the whole thing would be reimagined, right? If this, in, a, in any, but okay, so you'd be taxed. And then after, so they were like Dwayne Johnson and what he'd make if he, because he made 50 million, how much he'd take yeah. home, right? Yeah. And, and, but these guys act like, you know, so you're saying that I should pay 70% of every dollar. And I'm like, no. Well, that's literally not what no, we're saying. No, no so one, no that would be incorrect. So, but I'm also amused by the uh, the dual talking points they hit Elizabeth Warren with, which is, I'm not sure she's tough enough to take on Donald Trump, but I do need a safe space from her. Right. Well, <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know if you understand the meaning of those words. Okay, so for the YouTube folks, uh, first half an hour is uh, we're a little past it, uh, and I have terrible news for you. You will miss uh, annoying nuance. And uh, the story of the Mamluk Turks mm. and how they took mm. over Egypt. Mm. Interesting. But if you remember, you get the whole old school, tyt.com slash join. If you wanna try it for a week and then binge watch old uh, old school episodes, you can do tyt.com slash trial and that gets you a week free, okay? So, but the podcast continues. So, uh, just a tiny, I think I had a tiny bit more on Elizabeth Warren, and then I gotta get back to Russia too, but screw it, I'll just tell you the Mamluk Turks. So uh, this is about the guys with the guns and stuff. So in the old days, there was a lot of mercenaries. Uh, and so, uh, the, for example, the US used mercenaries during the Revolutionary War, uh, German mercenaries in that case. Uh, and so you would enlist other armies to help you, and you're not watching The Last Kingdom at all, are you on uh, Netflix? I'm obsessed. It's uh, uh, I've got, so there's a character who's named Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Mm -hmm. uh, already, I love it. Uhtred, son of Uhtred. That's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, of course, he used to be Osberg, but when his older brother died, he then became Uhtred, of Uhtred uh, son of Uhtred. Right. So I'm now calling pro Uger, son of Uger. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and they enlist other people to fight with them, etc. So the Egyptians, uh, uh, they had trouble raising their show own. show on somewhere else first? And yes, what? BBC. Oh, and then The it, first season was BBC, okay, right. and then the la next two seasons were Netflix. I think they did the same thing with Black Mirror. Okay. Um, so, uh, they, uh, so the Egyptians enlisted the uh, Mamluk Turks. It was a specific mm -hmm. strand of Turks, I suppose. Makes it sound like a disease, um, and perhaps it was to the Egyptians. And so, and they're like, okay, you're going to be our army now, and they did, and they fought, and they uh, made the empire a little larger. Uh, and so, obviously, this is not the old Egyptian empire. Now we're in the 1500s or so, right? Is uh, the story true? Yes. And uh, and then the Mamluk Turks were like, wait, we have all the weapons. Ah, never mind. We're now kings. You're <laughs> right. out. Right. And the kings were like, but wait, but it was our empire, right. right? Right. On the other hand, we have all the weapons. Right. <laughs> okay. So they just decided that they were going to uh, now have the Egyptian empire. Right. Which is what, right. Which is all the army has to do in Venezuela. That's right. 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 It's just so say, that's why Mubarak left Egypt. Right. Uh, because when the, uh, so this is the part that is not often talked about, but uh, people who track it uh, are all say the same thing. It was actually not the people in the streets, it was the labor strikes. There was massive labor strikes in Egypt, uh, which led the moneyed interests to say, uh, we gotta wrap this up, I'm losing too much money. 
and they were connected to the military because the military was also part of the moneyed interest because Mubarak as a dictator was smart enough to give the money to the generals, but then the generals started losing money and they were connected to the businessmen, etc., etc. And so they go, uh, Hosni, it's been a good run. Right. We had a solid 40 some odd years. <laughs> uh, we're gonna say you're um, sick, okay? Right. And you're gonna need some treatment. We're gonna get you a great place, mm -hmm. okay? And then we're gonna do a little election and then we'll see what happens. But later, we'll probably just take over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, of course, exactly what happened. Yeah. And so uh, that's why you gotta pay off the guys with the guns. But be careful, because at some point, and by the way, that was also Egypt, I just realized. Uh, at some point, the guys with the guns go, hey, wait a minute, I've got the guns. Which is, uh, and again, in this uh, era where it's uh, easy to be uh, down on uh, America, like a great, uh, one of the great uh, facts about us. Yes, yes, the, the and guys that was all, of course, always known their place. Yeah, and, and that's um, well, that's part of what's a little dangerous about uh, Trump. But but all thanks to Smedley Butler, of course. Uh, and what's that? <laughs> I think I got the right name. Pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's the guy that the uh, business interests in this country came to the general uh, who had. Pretty much devastated the Philippines and was, you know, look, and participated in the barbaric mm -hmm. things that happened in that war. And they came to him and they're like, you're, you're, you're our kind of guy. And they tried to overthrow Roosevelt. They tried to do a military coup in this country. And, and Smedley said, uh, no, that's not what we do here. And he turned him down. Um, I'm gonna give you a couple of Smedley Darlington Butler's nicknames. Uh, okay. First of all, I already love this mm -hmm. because for, his name is Smedley, right. and he's got nicknames. He's got nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I get you the first one? Time of his death, by the way, most decorated Marine in U.S. history. Yeah, uh, I'm going to guess that his, one of his nicknames was Uhtred, son of Uhtred. Mm -hmm. That's correct. That's okay. correct. Uh, but the business plot. By the way, is what you're referring to. Yes, so I knew it had a simple name, but I couldn't remember it. Mm -hmm. uh, when a, a bunch of wealthy industrialists were planning a military coup to overthrow uh, Roosevelt, and he would uh, lead a march of veterans to become dictator, uh, and he told a congressional committee about it mm -hmm. instead of doing it. Yeah. Smedley Butler, <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, he saved the country. He did. He saved the republic. Um, so uh, his uh, he has three nicknames here, according to Wikipedia: Old Gimlet Eye. Now that's a really weird nickname. Yeah. I love nicknames, but I don't do. I have to confess, I'm not sure I know what gimlet is. Is it a drink? It's a drink. Yeah. 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 What's in a gimlet, Greg? Um, vodka. I'm pretty sure it's vodka. I think. Uh, gimlets, maybe, yeah. Vodka and gimlet. Yeah. Vodka and rum. Mm, I, I thought it was gin. I mean, I thought. So, I, I, I thought it was this, vodka, not gin. But uh, let's uh, let's see. This, yeah. this old gimlet eye that I suppose mean that he likes the gimlet, and then he gets so glassy eyed from the gimlets, and then but almost does coups, but not exactly. Um, that could be. I don't know. I mean, okay. it's. Uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, maybe he just like yeah, like he, maybe he he liked gimlets. I don't know. I guess yeah. I, I, think, I think that's it's clear. a different time where they had different sayings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, one of them was old, huh? Gin, gin, lime and soda. Gin, gin, lime and soda. That's it. Gin, lime, so not vodka. Okay. Uh, gin, lime and soda. I think you could have a vodka gimlet. Yeah, that I think you sounds, can, I think you can say right. like yeah, yeah right. You, I, but I don't think you could have a vodka gimlet eye. No, you could have what he would do. So he's old gimlet eye. Uh, then he's. Uh, 
uh, one I know you'll like. Well, I'm going to save that one for last because he's got another one that's similar to old Gimlet Eye. He's also called Old Duckboard. <laughs> okay, they. I don't know whether they had awesome or uh, nicknames back in the day. Uh, uh, I like the old part. Old's always good, right? right? right. As in old school, mm -hmm. right? But uh, old duckboard? Old duckboard, I'm sure. sure it was cool back then, whatever it meant back then. Uh, okay. But you're going to like the other one. Uh huh. Because he was from, uh, he, I'm going to give you a hint. He was uh, born in Westchester, Pennsylvania, died in Philadelphia, buried in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So he was the fighting Quaker. The fighting Quaker. <laughs> well, I'm a fighting Quaker. Oh, because you went to Penn. Uh, yeah, that's right. We are the fighting Quakers. Um, um, I love that irony. I love it. It's so great. Um, so he's the fighting Quaker. That's so cool. Yeah, I know you'd like that one. Yes. And his dude, the dude's name is Smedley. Okay. <laughs> and a bunch of rich people try to hire him as their butler. Okay. <laughs> and it didn't work out. So bless his heart. Look, it's it's a story as old as time where moneyed interests want to get out a populist leader, and they turn to the folks with the guns. So, and now the reason why Trump's a little scary these days is because not because he's trying to do anything. I mean, he's already in charge. He doesn't need to do a coup or anything like that. Although he is against our system of government, it's a slow motion coup in a sense against the republic. But that's not what I'm referring to. It's that. He is forcing the military to disagree with the civilian commander because the civilian commander is nuts. Right. And that, it, I don't want to set that precedent. No, we don't want to set the precedent. We don't want the military to have to say no to Trump. That's right. Like, for example, Trump told them, give me uh, 10 times as many nuclear weapons. And they walked out of the room going, well, of course we're not going to do that. Right. And so we're going to ignore the president. Uh, several different times he gave them orders that were just absolutely maniacal. So. They just decided to ignore him and not do the orders. And that's dangerous. It's, of course it's dangerous. But right? it's also dangerous to try to build 10 times as many nukes. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Trump, I think, thought, this is great. We'll have a nuclear arms race. This would be fantastic. Yeah, he's so um, unbelievably Well, that's unquestionably stupid. true. I mean, he said, you know, we got to compete. We got to beat. We, and, he, you know, we, the quote he has is, you know, we're going to have the best. We're going to have the best, the very best. Russia's going to build them. We're going to build them. We're going to build them bigger. We're going to build them better. Yeah, that's the meeting that uh, Rex Thurston walked out of and said, he's a moron. Yeah. Um, the USS Butler, a Gleaves class destroyer, was named in his honor in 1942. It should be the USS Medley. The <laughs> um, uh, vessel participated. It should be the USS Duckboard. <laughs> the old Duckboard. Uh, vessel participated in the European Pacific theaters during the Second World War, later converted to a high speed minesweeper. Even his boat is cool. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my God, who doesn't want a minesweeper? Yeah. Let alone a high speed one. Like, oh, hey, you gotta be careful with those mines. No, I'm on the USS Butler. We're a high speed minesweeper, because <laughs> we're not playing. <laughs> so, you know, Chris Huck, who works at TYT in the Pittsburgh office, was in the Navy. How cool would it be if he was on the USS Butler? Um, I think he was the master at arms, which is, I always forget, he has such cool, like, actual names from the military. And I always kind of forget them, and I feel terrible because I love them so much. And every time he reminds me, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, God damn it, that's the coolest thing at TYT. Anyway, I, I believe he was the master at arms and prevented Trump from giving the State of the Union. By the way, he either, <laughs> he either wrote a book about himself or had a book written about him. The book was called Old Gimlet Eye. So apparently, that was a real thing. Um, <laughs> and. And somehow that beat 
the fighting Quaker. Quaker. Yeah, uh, the uh, uh, the Boston, Massachusetts chapter of Veterans for Peace mm-hmm. is known as the Smedley D. Butler Brigade. Yeah. Yep. Uh, save the country. Yeah. Um, so, uh, on to the the. The thing that got under my skin before we started, which is related to Venezuela, which is Russia, okay? Um, so f- first off, anytime that Trump is not inside Putin's ass, uh, uh, it's not just, look, there's a difference between the left wing and the right wing, right? So the, the uber left that, and, it, and I, by the way, they are not more progressive than us. Uh, they just happen to be pro-Russian leftists for whatever reason, right? And so they will greatly object to that title, and that includes some of you guys, okay? <laughs> so I don't know, whatever you wanna call yourself, old Gimlet Eye, okay? Mm-hmm. What I, okay, take any title you like, okay? Uh, is different than the right wing. The right wing is thoughtless, so they're like, duh, it's a witch hunt. Right. Like, there's no like, hey, but there's counter evidence, and here's the intellectual argument I'd like to make. It's like, no, you're a collusion, hoax, <laughs> right? And that's it, we're done with it. That's the end of that intellectual debate, right? Mm-hmm. On the the gimlet left. <laughs> and by the way, I'm doing you a great favor by comparing you to Smedley Butler. In 1936, according to one, a biographer of his, he voted for Norman Thomas. He did not vote for Roosevelt in 1936, but Norman Thomas, you'll know, was not the main candidate running against President Roosevelt. Norman Thomas was the Socialist Party. Nominee for president. Oh, look at Smedley. Look at Smedley. Yeah. And so, so that makes sense. He's very left yeah. in that sense. So there you go, the Gimlet left. Okay. <laughs> so the Gimlet left, on the other hand, uh, does what they believe in. No, that's not fair. What is it, it? To some degree, an intellectual argument, right? And and so they care about ideas. They care about facts. So they'll say like counterpoint. Uh, Russia is against what Trump is doing in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. I win. Right. No, you don't win. That is one point, and it's an interesting point. And it's and if we're having a instead of trying to win, we're having an actual conversation. I go well. That is interesting. I wonder what's going to come of that, right? Right. And and so it'll be interesting to see if he continues down that path. How much does Russia care? Is there I guess any- once again, right. You want war with Russia. Anyway, so uh, and but to them, any time that Trump is does not do exactly what Putin says, the case is over. It's over. Well, (laughs) idiots! I just proved it. He's he doesn't agree with Putin in Venezuela. We're done with it. Okay. On the other hand, here's counterpoint. He in Argentina, he did not bring a translator or any other staffers. And met with Putin for 15 minutes in private, only using a Russian translator, which is deeply, deeply unusual. And I am underplaying it. And then he said, "Oh, it was a brief greeting. Uh, didn't take any time at all." And then, as usual, he was caught lying. It turns out, no, they sat down and talked for 15 minutes, which is a very long time. And then the Russians said, "Yeah, we talked about Ukraine. We talked about Syria. We talked about all these different things." And that was in November, and then in December, Trump, who was for, had been convinced by the generals and etc. to stay in Syria, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, impetuously, tweeted out, "I'm done with Syria. I'm getting out of Syria right now." Now you would have said earlier, "See, he's still in Syria. Obviously not with Putin." Oops, 
Now he talks to Putin secretly and we're out of Syria. Now I wanna be out of Syria, but that's a counterpoint, okay? Yeah. And, and guys, this is what I'm talking about. They're like, and to be fair to, 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 the, to the Gimlet wing, um, I think they're stuck on, we're talking past each other. They're stuck on there's no collusion and Hillary Clinton is using it as an excuse. First of all, Hillary Clinton is using it as an excuse. Second of all, like you're focused on did, is there evidence that we know of yet where Trump said, hey, uh, Vlad, can you please interfere with the election? And Vlad said, "Oh, I'm on it, Donald. I'm gonna go interfere in the election and I will change votes or whatever it is, right? If you tell me that there isn't evidence of that, I agree with you. I know, boom, heads exploding, right? But if you think that there is no connection between Trump and Russia, and that it's just normal for the US president to be like, hey, you know what? I don't need an American translator, fuck it, I'll just trust the Russians. And by the way, that's his third time doing it. He did it twice with no American translator, and once he took the translator's notes right after the meeting and said, you're never allowed to talk about this meeting. And you think that there's nothing wrong there? Now you've had one too many gimlets. <laughs> okay, so come on, really, really? So I'm sorry, brother, but that's that's not a nuanced position. No, the Russians obviously came to help him, and he may not have even realized it. It's entirely possible, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's right. Well, that's where the nuance is, right? right? Yeah. And so there's a million different permutations of that. But do the Russians have something on him that makes him listen to the Russians? Yes! What form that takes, that's interesting. Will Mueller, Mueller be able to prove all of it? And had, does he have evidence on it? Did he even investigate all of it? It doesn't look like he did because I think the main thing is money laundering. And I'm not convinced that he even looked into money laundering in the case of Trump, which is going to be devastating. But and then a lot of times, and look, there's wonderfully smart people on that side. You know how much I respect Kyle Kalinske, and I love Jimmy Dore, and Glenn Greenwald is brilliant, although frustrating on this issue. And but and when so when I talk to Kyle, we actually agree on 90% of stuff. But everybody's stuck on their side, and I'm stuck on my side. If you tell me there's like that Russia Gate, first of all, you call it Russia Gate. You're right, I'm triggered, I'm triggered by that. Like Russiagate, it, it in, indicates by definition that nothing wrong happened. Right, but it's so that's weird. Crazy. But that's it's so, crazy, I love you and you could be smart, but that's crazy. But it's so crazy that that's what that means because something did happen in Watergate. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a criminal conspiracy in Watergate yeah. and then a massive cover up and wild law breaking. So, yeah. Right, Russiagate should mean, yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah. but like yeah. Rachel Maddow, for example, who's obsessed with the Russian story, uh, she doesn't call it Russiagate. The people who believe in it don't yeah, call I, it Russiagate. Right. The people who don't believe in it call it Russiagate. But that makes no sense <laughs> for yeah. the reason that Ben just stated. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a gigantic political story. And, and, and obviously something very nefarious and interesting went on there and it had some role in the election. And that's uh, disturbing. And, you know, and who cares what Hillary Clinton blames herself for or not? I mean, I mean, she's both wrong and right. Uh, she can uh, say I got robbed, and and you can make an argument that she got robbed. She also lost to Donald Trump, and she's the one who lost to Donald Trump, and that's a yeah, that's gonna go on her gravestone. Look, if I had lost to Donald Trump, barring actual changing of votes, 
Like, no, no, you had won. You actually won 40 states. Mm. And they went into the computer and changed it, so you didn't win 40 states. Right. You- Barring that, no matter how, who did propaganda, who did collusion, and who did whatever the hell, right? I, no, I would. I would take it to my. I'd go chisel it in my own gravestone, right? Right, and I would say, I, you know, I was Uger, son of Uger, until I lost to Donald Trump, right? And I will live with that shame for the rest of my life, and I've let all of you down, right? In a in a way that is inexcusable and inexplicable, and I've been wrong about everything. I would take away all credit I ever gave myself, which is plentiful, <laughs> on every other topic for having lost to Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, her her escape to that is the. Uh, I mean, and and this I was talking about this with our, a friend of ours, Charlie, today. Like, like we had a nice run six weeks after the election, talking about the popular vote in the electoral college, and then that just sort of went away. They uh-huh. won because they were louder in the constitutional republic nonsense, you know, and the the vote you're ignoring the people in Mississippi. It's yeah. all it is is raw power. Yeah. They have power and they exercise it. Right, that's right. They don't care about intellectual arguments about the electoral college. I mean, they they wouldn't know intellect if it slapped them across but the it brain. Is, it is insane that now twice in the last forty percent of our elections in this century have not gone. There's, you know, I guarantee you that if a Republican had won the popular vote and lost the electoral college, the electoral college would not exist anymore. Right, and do you know why? Because of the, your initial argument that there is enough, not everybody, but the majority of people on the left would be like, well, it is a compelling argument. That's <laughs> right, got, because you, we actually right, care. Right, I, you and I would well, be that like, does well, seem a little unfair, well, right? It, and it is it, supposed to be a democracy. He did get more votes. Yeah. You know, Mitt Romney got more votes than Barack Obama. Oh, man. No, he if, should probably if, be president. If, if it had happened once to a Republican, the Electoral College would not exist. If it had happened twice to a Republican, we might have had civil war in this country. Yeah. If the Democrats said, no, hey, sad day for you guys. So you won popular vote by three million. Hashtag suck it. We're the president. There's nothing you can do about Mitch it. Would Republicans would grab their guns. They Mitch, would. And Mitch McConnell and John Boehner would have shut down Congress. Yeah, I mean, of course right, they wouldn't right. have even seated him. They wouldn't have, yeah, right. I mean, they would have. John Roberts wouldn't have sworn him in or whatever, you know. Right. Like, I mean, look, it's not like that's a fanciful argument. <laughs> Obama nominated uh, Merrick Garland, and they're like, no, I don't care that you that you had the there, have the constitutional right. right to nominate a Supreme Court justice. We're not we're not going to give him a hearing for over a year. We don't care. It is an ex. Look. Uh, Ryan Clayton used to lead Wolfpack, and he is absolutely right about the right wing. Anything where you are having a conversation that does not involve power, you misunderstand them. Okay, yeah. that's all they care about. There is, if they're having a debate, it's only a guise to do what they want to do and will do. They don't actually care about the debate. The only people who are foolish enough to care about the debate is the people on the left, right? Like today, they were having a debate about HR1, okay? And Matt Gates comes out. What's HR1? HR1 is the first resolution they introduce. It's all about free and fair elections, voting rights, public, some degree of public financing. Oh, you mean today? The first today, the yeah. The first bill. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so it's a great bill. It's not enough, but it's a great start, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Senate's, of course, never going to approve it. Uh, but that's okay. Mm. It doesn't matter. You you do what's right, and you you, no, uh, you see what propose ha- those bills, and you win on those bills. You see now. what happened with the with the uh, AOC. I mean, she just said it. 
Mm -hmm. And it became a massive talking point in the country. That's right. And so, um, so Matt Gates comes out and says, well, obviously you guys are in favor of child rapists. Who's Matt Gates? He's a Republican congressman, and he's one of the guys who most fervently defends Donald Trump. And why, why, why a child rapist? What, what, was there a because was there a pro in, child in rapist one of, of the yeah, in one of the twenty eight provisions in HR one, one of them allows felons to vote again, like oh. in Florida, and and, mm -hmm. and which was bipartisan. Republicans right. and Democrats both voted and overwhelmingly right. to let ex felons vote again. And Matt Gates is like, aha, there are some ex felons who committed murder. And rape and child rape. Got you. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah, right. We're not having a real conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then they bring on Hans von Spankett. You remember him from the Bush days? Spankaski or something. He's one of the guys who lies about voter fraud and then okay. does voter ID laws. He's one of the worst, okay? And he's at the Heritage Foundation now. And it's lie after lie after lie about voter fraud. This is not a real debate. Mm -hmm. And so I guess you gotta go through the trappings of it. But I'm like, who are we kidding? Those Republicans, they don't want you to vote. They're all gonna vote no. So why are we having a debate? Let's move on, this is just a circus. Just vote, just vote, let's move on. In the old days, there was real debates and, and I suppose people would convince one another. I, I don't think a single congressman has been convinced by a speech given on the floor of the House or the Senate You're gonna let me make in the my, last 40 years. You're gonna let me make my uh, cable TV point, which applies to the Congress too. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, I listened to your speech today, Cenk. I, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. You know, right, that never happened. Congress. Hasn't things, been things said in never, Congress in 20 years right, at least. At least, probably since the mid 90s. You reminded me, Ben Shapiro's tweet today. Oh, Good, This is, I bet this is really smart. Did the tweet talk fast? My wife, <laughs> my wife, who it is rumored is a doctor, stayed up all night with my five-year-old because my girl has a brutal cough due to flu. Tonight is my turn. My wife then got up and went to work to care for her patients. That's feminism, not murdering babies outside the womb. Oh. <laughs> okay, so uh, at least the first part was a little self-effacing, uh, so I, I like that because he always talks about his how his wife's a doctor. It drops it into every single conversation. I and I just figured out why. And so he's making a reference to that by saying it's rumored to be a doctor, right? Um, I think uh, so. I because in his mind he's like, of course I I don't discriminate against women. I married a strong woman. Right. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. How By can, definition, I, I'm, I, right. I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. I let her. Be a doctor. Wow, yeah. well that is mighty Christian of you, Ben. Uh, so here's some of the, just the first, I liked every response right off the bat. Uh, Laura Lippman, do you know Laura Lippman? She's one of the enormously talented novels. She's David Simon's uh, wife. Oh, okay. Right? So there. Is she also a doctor? <laughs> she's, a, uh, she's a novelist, a really good one. She goes, that's amazing, especially as I have to assume she's a stepmom, otherwise it would be our daughter, our girl. Opposed to my daughter, my girl. Um, <laughs> She's nipping you a little bit, but I hear you. Uh, uh, Molly Knight, uh, area man, provides unsolicited definition of feminism. Film at eleven. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sully Baseball. These are all people I follow who happen to be your uh, Get off Twitter and take care of your kid. You zit. Um, <laughs> uh, and then just from uh, John Iderola, God bless him. What the f is wrong with you? <laughs>
Yeah. See, John's actually normally an uber nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked how he went over the top on that one. Oh, then there's some guy named Zword25. He goes, You're a podcaster. You should probably have done both nights. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, for crying out loud, she's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that does cut both ways, though. Yeah. She's a bit of an expert. Yeah. Um, so, no, the. Okay, I'll now. But here's the great. Here's the great thing is that then so uh, uh, John Harwood, you know John Harwood. Yes, from NBC. CNBC. It's yeah. Now CNBC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. So there are all these great tweets about what a. a uh, uh, um, uh, he, uh, Tony uh, Posnansky. I do hope your daughter feels better. I hope you and your wife don't catch it. But that is nowhere near what feminism is, and very strange you would think it is. It's called parenting, right? And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then we go down to John Harwood. Uh, I hope your daughter feels better and is well soon. <laughs> okay, John, yeah, we, I, yeah, I got it. We all right. hope his daughter. We all yeah. hope his daughter feels better. Of course, <laughs> of course. We're not right wingers. <laughs> we we hope his daughter is of course okay. So look, or or Ben, hear me out, and I'm going to needlessly give you a real answer here. And uh, Craig, are we done with the podcast? Or, or or okay, we have a little bit more. Okay, so uh, podcast, and I like to complete the thought. Because I want to give it a, a, you know, have you guys uh, get a real full podcast here. So, um, is is Ben? It's possible that uh, your wife being a doctor and you helping out and you allowing her to be a doctor or whatever you think in your head is a good thing and maybe considered feminism. It's also could be that, in addition to that, allowing women to make the choice about their own bodies. Could also be feminist, right? That's right. Of course, yeah. Could that be? Is that possible? That's the. Or it doesn't have to be either or. Okay. Well, you know, you say women should control their own bodies. On the other hand, my wife's a doctor, and I wants to care of my daughter. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't see how that's on the other hand. Um, <laughs> right. So, like, I just the, the responses make you feel good about Zach Hunt, who's a writer. I guess I don't know Zach Hunt, but he seems like a very decent guy. Uh, uh, the Federalist in his Twitter profile says, "The Federalist named me the Friar Tuck of the Resistance," <laughs> um, uh, and he wrote, uh, "My wife, who is also a doctor, never stays up all night alone to parent our girls because parenting isn't something we take turns doing. She then gets up and takes care of her patients at the OBGYN practice where nobody murders babies. Uh, they care for the women you shame. That's feminism." Ooh, yeah. I like that one yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's good. On the other hand, Jones was pretty strong. Jones was also strong. <laughs> a lot of different ways to go of uh, approaching it. Okay, uh, podcast folks, much love. We got a little bit more uh, for uh, the members. Tyt.com/slash/join to become a member. Um, and uh, like I said, Tyt.com/slash/trial to get a, a week free, uh, so you can binge watch or listen to the old school. Thanks for listening to this free clip of Old School. To get the full episodes and more exclusive content, become a TYT member today. You'll love it. Join now at tyt.com slash join.